0: Can, you, can we kind of go a little bit more into actually what that what that means, though? What, what is the devil actually tempting Christ to do or not to do? What's
1: up, everybody, and welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. This week on Scripture First, Adam and I are without our co-host Kiri, so we recorded an All Guys Wilderness edition of Scripture First by welcoming back Luther House of Studies co-director, Dr. Chris Krogan, to talk about this week's lectionary text centering on Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. The first thing I want you to listen for is how we tend to think that baptism somehow separates us from creation you'll hear Dr. Krogan discuss with Adam and I how it's actually the opposite that's true. Baptism sends you back into the world. You see this with Jesus' baptism where God says, This is my son, the beloved. And immediately God doesn't bless Jesus, but sends him into the wilderness to be tempted instead. The second thing I want you to listen for is our discussion about how the devil actually tempts us. Dr. Krogan explains that one of the key temptations is to believe you're providing for yourself rather than trusting that God will provide. God doesn't tempt us to sin, but strengthens us in our faith. We're breaking down how the devil is trying to convince you to doubt God's word in this week's conversation, but without further ado, here's Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted forty days and forty nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. And now on to this week's conversation. welcome back to the podcast, Chris. Thanks for being here.
2: Great to be here again.
1: So the very opening text of this, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. So it's the Spirit sending you into the wilderness. That seems strange that the Spirit is the one doing that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people think that, you know, so this is right after Jesus is baptized. And one uh, misconception is that when God chooses his elect. That is to say, he gives them a promise that somehow this is going to extract you from creation, extract you from the world. It's not. It's actually going to free you to be in the world. And so one of the things that this text does is it actually shows us Jesus. You know, when we talk about, sometimes people like to talk about Jesus as an example. Well, yes, Jesus is illustrating what happens to those who receive a promise, an election from God. And it's not that they're now going to be set off aside so that they can have a life that's better, but they're actually going to be now freed and put into the world. So last month we were talking about you are the salt of the earth, you are the light. This is, again, the same kind of thing. Jesus is showing us that when the Spirit comes in baptism, it puts you back into the creation for other things as opposed to extract you from it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's I guess I always think it's not a transcendent uh the baptism isn't a transcendent experience uh you're not being taken to a place where you can't feel pain anymore obviously or or or, or not suffer uh and I I love this text because it it's the Holy Spirit itself is pushing Christ uh to a place where he's being tempted I guess it's hard to say I love it but it's at least encouraging. It's real. It's real. Yeah, Yeah. it's an honest text.
2: Yeah. You know, and that's the the comfort of this text, even though he's placed in the wilderness. And so the other piece with the wilderness is this is not, it's not the transcendence. He's not put in the holy place of the temple. He's not made more religious. He's actually sent out amongst where there is not necessarily guaranteed safety. Mm -hmm. He's put back into and under the world, and that's, Part of what happens then is as he gets these, um, he's out there for 40 days and 40 nights, he feels the full weight of humanity. Mm-hmm. And so he's placed under the stresses of the creation. And this is another piece is when Jesus is put out into the wilderness and he's under the creation, that is he's famished. You know, mm-hmm. this is yeah. an important piece. And that,
1: Yeah, like you said, and that's it's baptism. When you get baptized in the spirit, it sends you back into the world instead of... It being this saving end all be all, yeah. So, yep. I think so that's, it's not, that's a great and point. it's
2: not an ecstatic experience of wow, this is so great, <laughs> this is my, my my ship has arrived. No, it's actually <laughs> no, I'm going to get tempted. Uh, yeah, well, this is the other piece. Then that, that right after Tempted by the Devil, mm-hmm. that is to say, Tempted is to be tried, put mm-hmm. on trial, and so the devil is actually going to now um, cross examine Jesus, and mm-hmm. what is he going to cross examine Jesus about? well the very word that god had given him in the baptism this is my son the beloved mm-hmm. so jesus he's, are you truly the beloved yeah if you are the son of god <laughs> exactly so yeah. he's a prosecuting attorney which is one of the one of the roles that we understand the devil to be is to start questioning is this promise true and start to analyze it and bring out all sorts of um what we call critical thinking on Jesus.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Like if then, like exactly. if you
1: are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread.
2: Right. Exactly. So
0: Christ, it says Christ is tempted by the devil. Um, can you, can we kind of go a little bit more into actually what that, what that means though? What, what is the devil actually tempting Christ to do or not to do?
2: Yeah, so so we have these three temptations in the text, and we can walk through each one, and we'll see sure. how it is that the devil does this. But you can see it right there, the tempter, that is the tester. And I'm going to, again, kind of say it like a prosecuting attorney, someone who comes. And so what's, when someone is testing you or putting you on trial, they're trying to say, prove the truth, mm-hmm. that is, demonstrate the truth. Now, this is actually one of the things that... Um, is part of the temptation, is as if God's word needs to be proven. Proved, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. God's word is true because God said, and it happens. And for us to say, prove it, is actually conceding the point that it might not be true. If you have to prove something to somebody, immediately it's because they have skepticism in their head. Mm -hmm. They actually don't think what was said or done is true. Mm Mm-hmm. And so this is what the devil wants you to do is prove God's faithfulness. That is to say, prove you are the son, prove you are beloved. And so that's part of the trial. Yeah. And then he
1: doesn't go back and explain like when God said this in the past, it happened. Like he doesn't have to go one by one through through the Old Testament and prove that what God said happened or what God says will happen.
2: Yep. And so remember, the original words out of the devil's mouth in Genesis, the the first words are, did God really say? Mm -hmm. Now, if you have that in mind as you're walking through this text, if you are the son of God, are you really that? You know, and it's that skepticism. It's that um, doubt. And here again, we've talked about this in the past. There is no doubt in faith. The two are as far as the east is from the west. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you can't be understanding God to be true to his word and still have doubt. And But the devil's coming in and saying, hey, let's mix doubt and faith and see how they work. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So command these stones to become loaves of bread. It's yep. the first thing that the devil... Um, Ask or the tempter, ask Christ to do. Can we give some significance to
2: what uh, what's happening there? So he's famished, right? And so he's hungry, and so you're, you're at your weakest point when you are wanting your needs met and, and An your daily needs. Intermittent fast 40 yeah. days, 40 yeah, nights. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. so he's, he's, he's trending. He's Jesus is trend. trending here. <laughs> he's uh, been watching these influencers. Um, It's
1: a little bit more than my 10-hour fast. Yeah, there you go.
2: Um, So what's the temptation? What's the trial? Use your power for your own benefit. Mm -hmm. Use the gift, the blessing that God has given you to prosper yourself. This is a regular temptation, which is why it's important. Baptized and led into the wilderness, not baptized and given, hey, look, life is better now. Mm -hmm. And, And so this is part of the key.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: so to uh, have by um, make these stones become loaves of bread now this is another interesting thing is then as we see Jesus does then quote scripture back at the devil Mm -hmm. and Jesus is just basically restating God's word sustains Mm -hmm. God creates with his word
3: and
1: I think that's really easy to take into yourself as everyday temptation, saying that, oh, if I work harder, then I'm sustaining myself by making more money, or uh, you, we think that our own work is the thing that's going to sustain us, rather than realizing that it's God providing right. us in our lives. Yeah, well,
0: And also God providing us the work to do as well. I mean, God putting us in situations to provide for our neighbor, and, our, and likewise our neighbor providing for us that yeah. we're at prior to this, we're not able to recognize that it's uh, God working
2: all in all for this. Absolutely. The the thing about what happens is we actually don't believe God has taken all of creation and bent it toward our favor, that is to say, benefits us with God's creation. Mm -hmm. We actually think we need to be the ones to make creation work better Mm -hmm. and to make it happen. And so that's exactly what um, is happening here. One of the temptations is to think... You manifest your own destiny. You uh, make your own way. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps and mm-hmm. do your thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, the the question that might come
0: up for some people is, how do you actually live um, in light of li- living from uh, every word that comes from the mouth of God? Or what what does it actually mean? Because clearly we have to eat. Yep. Uh, we have to pr- preserve, or we have to. Uh, I mean, not preserve. And I feel like that's that's
1: overlooked a little bit in this last. Verse 4, but he answered, it is written, one does not live by bread alone. You hear that a lot. Yep. But that, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What so, does that so, mean?
2: Um, this goes back to our understanding that faith comes through hearing. hearing. Now, how does that work in this? That you trust, God provides. So I, I, the way, whenever this comes up, I give a quick little example of my own life. When I was, my wife and I, graduated from seminary i was in zimbabwe we were out in the middle of the bush we were the first white people some of these people had ever seen Mm -hmm. and we're amongst this little uh this little community probably about 30 people and that community owned two goats we show up and this is a drought season in zimbabwe it was really bad they'd have two or three years of drought Mm -hmm. so we were there um helping them figure out how do they create dams for the next water that so on and so forth they killed one of their two goats that they own in their whole community to feed my wife and I. And we were like, oh, wow. And they're like, no, God's good. God provides. We'll be fine. They live by the promise that God is for them. Mm -hmm. And thus they actually open up their lives to other people, can be generous beyond anything that I have ever been able to be generous with of thinking, oh, no, I got to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. I need to make these stones into bread. I need to do this, which is actually much more of a torture and living under the influence of the devil. Believe it or not, that's called hell. Mm -hmm. You're on a gerbil wheel where you're trying to make the world fit you as opposed to recognizing God has blessed, Mm -hmm. which is what, again, the baptismal promise gives you that faith. This is my child, my elect, my chosen one. You live in that comfort, and then you go, so God will provide. It may not be to my comfort, that is to say what I want, mm-hmm. but I'm getting what I need. I like that story. Yeah. Well, it's real life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I. yeah. yeah. It, it's humbling yeah. to watch people actually live in faith.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: All right. So then verse...
0: Verse five, uh, kind of verse five through verse seven. Then the devil took him to the holy city, and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, "If you are the son of God, throw yourself down." And then he gives more. Uh, the first, the first command deals with preservation. It deals mm-hmm. with living by uh, faith alone. What's what's the second temptation and uh, that you so, experiencing?
2: So this is this is actually now. Um, tempting, again, the promise and putting God on trial. Mm-hmm. And so one of the key um, uh, signs or uh, um, indicators that you have the devil at work is he will try to provoke you with God's speaking. So he'll try to, and he, and he messes with it. Mm-hmm. He says, all right, Let's put God to the test. Or God really didn't say it this way, so there's a lot of provoking that goes on. And so there will be, you know, so this is what the devil's trying to do. Provoke you with the text. Mm-hmm. And that's very demonic, is whenever you hear that, provoke. What do you mean by provoke? Try to uh, spur you to think, oh, there's got to be something else there, or this sure. isn't quite. So it's like he's like taking the actual words of God and then. Messing with them. Yeah, either rearranging them or. Right. Yeah. He doesn't do that. What? He's never done that before. Just kind of mess with it. And so this is demonic. This is exactly the sign of the devil. And so so he says, look, the text said this. Now, is it true? On their hands, they will bear you up. So this is why Jesus says, you don't put God on trial. That is, you don't test God. Again, because, and it's not that um, Jesus is being better at this. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, this is not going to go well for you whenever you put God on trial. Mm -hmm. Because actually, it's not that God's going to come and smite you. It actually is going to, you're going to hear and be afraid of everything else in life. And you're going to think it's all about you. Mm -hmm. It's all up to you. Mm -hmm. And that is where the devil's kingdom has you then. Is to think that somehow God's promise again wasn't for you. So if you put God on trial immediately, kind of like we said before, immediately now you have put God's promise given to you under suspicion. Mm-hmm. And so, which is what constantly happens. And so, and of course, that is what happens when you're on trial. That is to say, when you're feeling the weight of the world, when you're feeling attacked, when you're out in the wilderness. Luther called it anfechtung and when the devil is attacking you and making you wonder is God for me. Then the devil comes in and says, So, you know, why? He's not you're not supposed to be hurt here. Not a de- you won't you won't get injured. This is not gonna be your problem. That's almost worse.
1: That if you doubt God's word, then you live in hell on earth. Yeah. I feel like being smited would almost be, <laughs> <Being> <laughs> be dead. better. Yeah. yeah. To be dead well, I been... mean,
0: that is the confession that some people will actually actually make that I would uh rather not be here i would rather be dead than i mean people you hear this people make this confession
2: yeah and and which is why actually some people when they've been provoked by the devil will actually commit suicide Mm -hmm. because they're tortured by this questioning of god's promise in their ear Mm -hmm. and they actually don't have a trust that god is for them and so this is exactly what happens so when, the, when, when Jesus says, do not put the Lord God to
0: the test, can we, can we kind of differentiate that between uh, we, we don't put God to the test, uh, but yet we, we always ask for um, his will to be done. Mm-hmm. We ask for um, daily bread. Is, I mean, it's not putting God to the test, but we're... Uh, it's, it's
2: not saying, if God, you sure. love me, you'll give me daily bread, which is putting God on trial. Yeah. It's saying, you promised, I believe it. I live there. Mm -hmm. That's a different thing. So it's a confession of you said so, I believe it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when Jesus is at the the wedding at Cana and Mary, his mother, says, do what he says. Yeah. It's like he says, (laughs) it happens. It's not... Yeah, maybe just try him out, see how he's doing, you know, no, just do what he says. There's no test run. No, no, right. Just do
1: what he says and you'll be fine.
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: Do what he says. Everything's going to be fine, which is don't, don't let this word come into question for you, Mm -hmm. which is actually not something you get to do even, let it come into question. It is, here it comes. So God says, don't put me on trial because it's not going to be where you want to be.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So then the last section of this.
3: Yep.
2: Again,
1: the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdom, kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, all these I will give you. And if you will fall down, um, yeah, if you will fall down and worship me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So uh, the devil imagines that he has this kingdom. And in, in some ways in the earth, he is given some rain to work. Yeah. It's not his. But it is his reign at this point in time. yeah. And this is why it's a fight. And this is one of the things that, again, when we were talking back to Genesis, there is this battle that was promised that after the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve are sent out of the Garden, they're given a promise. And the promise in is Christ is going to come and crush the serpent's head.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But the serpent is going to bruise his heel. So this is what's happening now in this whole text is that particular promise is being fulfilled right here. The first thing, right after Jesus is baptized and brought into this Messiah, okay, he's going to become the Christ in this world, the devil attacks, starts to try to bruise the heel. So here's my world, the devil says. This is what I've been playing with ever since the Garden of Eden. And see how great it is And if you come and worship me, that is to say, you bow down to me. Mm -hmm. Now, the interesting thing here is, what does Jesus say? He uses the word, and he doesn't say, oh, yeah, as if this is yours. Yeah. (laughs) He doesn't even give a point of, yeah, as if you really have a point here. He actually says, nope, and here's God's word again. I only worship or trust God. God. And immediately, such a word from Christ sends the devil out. This Mm -hmm. is throughout all the Gospels. When Jesus speaks to the demonic, Mm -hmm. they have nothing. They actually are done. Game, set, match. Mm -hmm. This is why Luther says in his mighty fortress, one word shuts up the devil. That word Mm -hmm. is Christ, the promise. Yeah.
0: It it shows, too, that I I think most people live in kind of... with the idea that the world is, is neutral, though, too. Mm-hmm. That uh, there is good evil, and you're kind of here to choose between the two, and these forces actually aren't at play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what you just said is that uh, the devil is actually roaming around, uh, and the world isn't quite
2: as neutral as maybe one perceives it to be. Right. Well, the, the best thing the devil likes is if you cannot think the devil exists. Mm-hmm. But then the second way the devil um gets his way is to focus too much on him too. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a delicate dance. You don't let the devil, um, you know, you don't concentrate on, well, what's the devil up to today? You recognize (laughs) it and name it when it's there, Mm -hmm. when it's provoking. But then at the same time, you don't give the devil any credit that he has any sway in the long run. And so then this is why, you know, in that part with worship the Lord, your God and serve him only. This is from the old Jewish Shema, okay, which is important because the Shema Is hear obey yeah, and so when Jesus starts to say God says to hear His word, that is what you're going to do in worship. Go back and hear His word. The devil actually can't give you this word. He can't speak from God. Mm -hmm. He can only say, "Did God really say?" And so when you go in and you hear God's word again, the devil has to leave suddenly.
1: Yeah. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him.
2: Exactly. And angels are proclaimers again, and they're back to sustaining him in faith. It's not like Jesus then, from that day on, was you know all glorious and everything went well for him, and you know the easy road or anything like that. No, he, he keeps on running into demonic. I something. mean, if you just read that without that, it's like, oh yeah, angels yeah. came and waited on him. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, away oh,
1: from me, Satan. Let's yeah, do this. Exactly right? No, but yeah, angels bring good news yep. in a in a creative and sustaining word from God. Exactly. And so as soon as the devil leaves. That's what you're left
2: with. Then you're, then you're back with God continuing to put his promise in your ear. Yep.
1: And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Dr. Chris Krogan for explaining how the devil is attempting to convince us to doubt God's word. But in the end, it's God's word that is true. We also want to say a big thank you to all of you for being here to listen. Before we go, it'd mean a lot to all of us at Luther House of Study if you'd like our Facebook page. We want to know who's listening to the show and what better way to do that than use social media to be social. A big thank you to everyone who's been engaging with us there already, and we look forward to hearing from all of you who listen to these episodes as you talk about the passages with your friends, family, and congregations. Again, thanks for joining us this week, and we'll see you next time on Scripture First.